It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today is Brad Sang. He's a former professional triathlete, and he's now coaching triathletes at the University of Colorado imparting his knowledge and his vast experience which spanned over 12 years as a professional triathlete he competed in uh, the likes of kono the world famous uh, triathlon held out in hawaii as bunch of bunch of other races too um finished top 10 in multiple ironman races he raced in the im world championships four times as a professional he's coached athletes to their first triathlons in all distances He's coached athletes to ITU World Championships, uh, and now, as I mentioned before, he's the current head coach of 18-time Collegiate Club National Champions, the University of Colorado Buffaloes. I'd like to welcome my good friend, Brad Sang, to the show. Brad, welcome back. Thanks, Ron. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back here with you today. So the last time we chatted, which was years ago on this show, you were in the midst of a professional career which I mentioned spanned over 12 years. And uh, you weren't eating much candy bars, chocolate chip cookies, potato chips. You were on a very strict diet and you were competing day in and day out. And now you get to reflect back on this career and some awesome results. What do you, What's your takeaways from being a professional triathlete for 12 years? Yeah, thanks, Ron. It certainly was an incredible uh, journey, which for which I'm very grateful to have had the opportunities and the gift of good health uh, to be able to compete at at a high level. Oh, and, and I really got a later start. I didn't do my first triathlon until I turned 30 mm-hmm. and then turned professional at, at uh, 33 and raced until I was 45 years of age. And and during that time, I was just r- really uh, amazed by the, the, the individuals that I've met along the way and just the humility that uh, came about in, in my own uh, journey in sport and my growth, my, my spiritual growth and my faith really blossomed uh, during the time that I was uh, racing professionally. Um, and yeah, it was really uh, an incredible experience. And I had the good fortune to, to race in some amazing places throughout the world and uh, meet some amazing people as well. Now, initially, you wanted to be a professional soccer player. That was your sport. So when did you make that distinction or uh, transition, I should say, from mentally wanting to be an MLS player to being a professional triathlete? Yeah, so my college, uh, or excuse me, soccer was my, my background all through high school, and I played uh, for Albion College, a small Division three school. And then uh, I quickly realized uh, that, you know, I was not uh, – going to make it to the MLS, and I got about as far as the uh, men's pickup beer league back home in, in Michigan uh, <laughs> with my buddies, my high school buddies at the time. But, uh, you know, in, endurance uh, sports were never truly on my radar. I mean, I swam a little bit in high school and growing up and, and, and obviously played soccer, but I used to hate running. And then when I uh, graduated from college, I just kind of got uh, started with doing some local running races. Uh, some 5Ks, 10Ks, did my first marathon, then did my first duathlon, which is a run-bike-run event, and then found my way to a local sprint triathlon, and it just kind of blossomed 
from there as far as my my journey into uh, triathlon. Um, but yeah, I'd always dreamt of being like a professional soccer player. Um, but you know, that, uh, wasn't God's ultimate plan. And, and I was okay with that once I, I caught the bug of endurance sports and I really thrived on, on the competitiveness of it for, for me as an individual. I mean, yes, I was competing against, uh, others out on the race course, but ultimately it was about how far can I go with this? How much can I, you know, push my body and, and both the physical aspect, but more more importantly, the mental aspect, especially with long course racing, half Ironman and Ironman events, the the mental uh, component is is pretty big. Yeah, and the mental component has to be there because we're talking a 2.4 mile swim. And if you're tired after that, you're in bad shape, but then you have to do a 112 mile bike ride. And if you're tired there, Brad, you just have to run a full marathon right after that. So that's a long day. It can be a long day. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, what I always try to embrace both in the long training hours, the long training days, and certainly on race day and tapping into my faith was, I, I just turn it over to God and use it as uh, prayer time really and reflection uh, throughout, throughout those, those races and, and those long training sessions. So it was, you know, I, I gained a, a, a nice sense of peace when I was out there battling on, on the race course um, and the run, because I played soccer, even though I hated running when, when I was growing up and, and even playing soccer, I'd see people out on a training run or out for a jog. And I think, what are they thinking? What, a, what a, you know, it's 90 degrees out. It's humid out. Why are they out there running? Um, I just despised running even when I was playing soccer. Um, but running ultimately became my strength mm -hmm. all those years of chasing a soccer ball around. And, and that's when, you know, during, during the races is where I really was able to, to make some gains on my competition and, and, you know, through the grace of God, had some some modest success with some some good results over time. Plus, to play Ron Meyer, chatting today with Brad Sang, a former professional triathlete, now coaching triathletes at the University of Colorado, the Buffaloes, and this whole body, mind, and spirit connection. I'm sure you're you, you got to be an expert at it now because you trained four to eight hours a day, and you talked about the importance of training your mind and heart and avoiding emotional and spiritual junk food. Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So the transition to coaching uh, after racing uh, for 12 years professionally has been amazing. I, I love working with the team at CU and that that age group, the college kids, they, they're just so fun, so dynamic. Uh, they're very committed to their craft. And I'm, I'm always they inspire me to be a better coach day in and day out. And uh, so really trying to impart, you know, things I've learned, obviously, the X's and O's of sport and training principles and philosophies, but it goes much broader than that. And it's really about, you know, maintaining a healthy lifestyle balance and, and where does sport fall relative to the other components of your life, whether it's the spiritual, the academics, the personal, the social, uh, the professional growth. And, you know, ultimately, yeah, we want to be the best we can be as athletes and be a competitive team on the, on the collegiate club scene year in and year out. But really, if someone asked me, you know, how, does, how good is your team going to be this year? I always like to think like, well, ask me in four years when this kid's graduated and off into their professional career and hopefully being a contributive member to their society and community that they're living in. Now, what's interesting about your career is that you I mean, this was a big time commitment. I said four to eight hours a day of training. But while you were doing this, you were outspoken and you spoke to thousands of teens and young adults about the benefits of being physically and emotionally and spiritually sound. 
And that was a, a big part of your message as you were a competing professional triathlete. Yeah, it for sure was. And and I really appreciated those opportunities and speaking in our local middle schools, high schools and church youth groups and beyond about the, the healthy message of, of chastity and abstinence. Um, and, and even with my work with the CU team, you know, these these, these I, I don't hide my faith um, and and I. And I think I've gained respect over time and, and have had opportunity to come alongside many of our CU team members uh, in their faith journey, um, whether they've been Catholic and we share that uh, common common uh, aspect in our faith life or, or Christian and, and just having a, a general faith. Um, so it's been I've been very encouraged that I have not had to compromise on my faith, even in the the a public institution and the environment and the collegiate setting at CU. And, and really, you know, St. Francis, I think, said, uh, share the gospel and, and when when necessary, use words. So I, I really try to to share, you know, my faith, uh, mostly through my actions and, and, and the relationships and the individual uh, communication and, and dialogue and interaction that I have with our, our individual athletes along the way. I always like to, I always tell our, our team members at CU that, you know, the way we look at you as, as individuals is a person first, mm -hmm. a student second, and an athlete third. Yeah, very good. I want to talk about one race in particular, and we're going to talk about the Ironman World Championships in the beautiful surroundings of Kona, Hawaii, which you ran or competed in, I should say. You didn't only run, you swam and cycled as well four times. But in Boulder, you guided a legally blind friend in a triathlete. Talk about that experience, uh, participating in that. Oh, that was an incredible experience. One of my, my best friends here in Boulder, I've known for, for many years, uh, now living in, here in Boulder area for almost 20 years. Um, and he uh, was diagnosed at a later age and with a degenerative eye disease, and he's legally blind. And and it's it was a true experience. Uh, Truly incredible experience. It was my first race back at, uh, here at, uh, where I'd always raced at the professional level and my first triathlon that I raced in kind of the age group ranks. And so from that aspect, it was a really interesting experience, but much broader than that was just sharing the day with him. Um, the training you know, sessions we did, the bike rides we did, being on a tandem bike is very different than, than being on a bike by yourself uh, with Two grown men, the body weight that shifts around, mm -hmm. uh, getting up hills, just uh, t reaching down to grab a bottle. All the things I never I took for granted when I was racing professionally as an individual athlete, I had to really tune in to, to many more different aspects um, of, of what we were doing as a team out there. But that was an incredible experience to be able to share that with my good buddy, Michael. Yeah, truly amazing. Let's move on to Kona here. Uh, everyone knows about when you uh, mention a triathlon, they say, wow, Kona, amazing stuff. You know, you're doing these incredible distances, like I mentioned before, 2.4 mile swim, 112 miles on the bike, and then a, a full marathon, 26.2. But uh, talk about four times being at those Ironman World Championships. Talk about your experience on Hawaii Island. Yeah, that was that that event. There's there's nothing that matches. I mean, it's the world championships, like the Super Bowl of of Ironman racing. So there, there's really nothing that matches the energy and the atmosphere around that event. I mean, it's extremely electrifying, but it is a tough place to race to put a, a complete swim bike run 
uh, together because of the elements and the conditions with the heat and the humidity and the wind. Um, so I don't feel like, you know, athletically on a performance level, I never felt like I put together my best race. I had components that were, were strong. Um, one year I had the fifth fastest run split on the day of a 249 marathon. And that was after suffering extreme cramping on the bike where I literally at one point thought I was going to fall over because I could just not turn my legs over to get the pedal, you know, keep the pedals going. And I was thinking to myself as I was finishing up that bike, how in the world am I going to run a marathon based on how I'm feeling right now? And I just let go and let God and uh, just was able to just keep digging and getting the legs turning over and just uh, kept persevering uh, mile by mile through it. And, but Kona, Kona is an amazing uh, place to race for, for endurance uh, athletes and, and Ironman athletes in particular. Um, but it's, uh, it's a difficult place to put it all together. Um, but it's like the beauty and the beast. You got the beauty of the island and the beauty of the community and the people, but you have the beast of, of some of the elements that you're battling. But that, you know, reflects life, too, uh, with the different circumstances that, that we have to endure and, and try to push through and persevere in our, our daily walk. Yeah, truly amazing. And what it brings out in the internal will is uh uh, something that is to be behold for sure. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we're going to continue to run the good race with uh, my guest today, uh, former professional triathlete and triathlete coach at the University of Colorado, Brad Sang. Keep it right here. You're listening to Blessed to Play. Father Benedict Rochelle. I must tell you that from what I observe from very young people, all of these blasphemers, all of these mockers are in for a tough time. Because the devil bites his own tail. And I find among young people a growing reverence and longing for God. I find a decline in the cynicism and skepticism around because it had to destroy itself. No one can live on being an enemy of God. It's too crazy. It's too absurd. It's too dark. It's too bleak. God is beautiful. God is holy. Why in the world mock God? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. This is Anne, Program Director for Siouxland Catholic Radio, 88.1 FM. Catholic Radio is more essential than ever. It provides spiritual guidance and insights and is a powerhouse of Catholic education, 24 hours per day, 365 days per year. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. WTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Brad Sang, a professional triathlete for 12 years. He competed in the Ironman World Championships four times. Had some great results, uh, finished top 10 in multiple Ironman races. 
He raced in the IM, IM World Championships four times as a professional, now coaching triathletes at the University of Colorado, one of the best uh, triathlon teams in the country, 18-time uh, collegiate club national champions. How about that? Brad is very dedicated, uh, if you listen to the first half of the show, on his faith life. He brought his faith life and integrated it with his professional career as a triathlete. And I know, Brad, faith is at the core of who you are and what you do. But talk about why faith is important to you and how you incorporated it into your coaching now at the University of Colorado. Yeah, thanks, Ron. It truly is, uh, you know, a huge aspect. I mean, that's an understatement of my life, you know, just the day-to-day -day journey. And I'm very uh, grateful to, to have our, the Catholic faith and, and to tap into the treasures of our, our, our beautiful uh, faith. And, and I've tried to, you know, carry that from my racing into my coaching, um, both with individual athletes that I coach and, and certainly the CU team. And, you know, literally before every single training session we do that I'm hands-on coaching with the team, just like I did when I was uh, and still do when I go out for training rides, runs and swims, I do a short prayer. And just offer it up to God when I'm planning out our team training uh, schedule and, and, and specific workouts. I try to discern and, and just ask God for continued uh, wisdom, knowledge and prudence and, and laying out a plan that's going to be the best for our athletes to, to make them feel like they're successful, but also to to make them feel like they're you know doing something good and, and, and uh, getting some success about uh with what they're doing and, and overcoming any personal hurdles along the way. And it's also given them a fresh identity that they're not just athletes, but there's something more than that. And you're bringing a spiritual element to them. And perhaps some have never heard that message before and uh, could take that to heart. Now that uh, St. Paul scripture reference to running the good race, I would think that would have utmost importance to you and what you have done throughout your life. Maybe you could reflect on that passage and what it means to you. Yeah, that's a great that's a great passage. And and obviously there's there's a lot of takeaways we get just athletically running the good race. It's pretty straightforward. You want to prepare, you want to train, you want to have proper fuel, proper nutrition, proper rest, proper recovery. But beyond that, it's, you know, as you mentioned in the, in the first part before the break, you know, avoiding the, the spiritual and emotional junk food that's out there. And our young people are bombarded with it. Um, and, and, uh, we see that, uh, you know, we're seeing more and more of it, uh, with, you know, whether it's mental health issues and, and overcoming anxiety and, and depression, um, or eating, uh, disorders or disordered eating. So there's, there's a lot, uh, a lot of challenges for our young people, even some of, uh, on the surface ones that seem like everything's okay. And athletically they're, they're strong. They just you just never know what uh, what someone may be enduring. And, and so I feel like my faith and, and, and just turning it over to God and trusting God and knowing that his hand is upon the work that I'm doing with these young people uh, at, at CU. I, I gain, I gain uh, great solace in that. Well, talk about the competitive environment, because there's a lot of pressure on, especially at the D1 level or at a big university like the University of Colorado to perform and to be at your best, how would you uh, get your athletes to kind of offset that, to be competitive, but really to have that healthy body, mind, spirit connection? Yeah, no, for sure. Because, you know, Boulder in general is an amazing endurance community, whether it be triathlon, 
cycling, mountain biking, rock climbing, and there's, you know, multiple world champions, Olympians of all different backgrounds and uh, in, in sports that call that call Boulder home. So there, there definitely is that uh, that pressure, so to speak. Um, and our, our team, you know, the, the kind of the mental approach we've taken it is, yes, we want to be competitive. We want to earn national championships. But that's not ultimately what what it's all about for us. And we always encourage our our team members to focus on the inputs. If we have the right inputs, then the outputs will take care of themselves. So we really try to have that balance of of making it fun and and making sure that they're enjoying the training process um, along the way. And that's you know the the outcomes and will take care of themselves provided we're getting the the inputs right. The inputs aren't just about swim, bike, run, but it's about what are you doing with your mind and your body between the training sessions to aid the recovery. Um, so that's one thing we're, we really try to educate our, our our team members on is the 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 recovery aspect because a lot of them don't know or don't know much about that and and you know really struggle to get good sleep and 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 proper fuel and nutrition uh, to meet the the training demands. Yeah, that's interesting. You mentioned that all this discipline, because we think of a college student, people think that, you know, a very undisciplined life. And here they have to be disciplined on the physical side and on the nutritional side. Uh, do these college kids get a break, Brad? Are they able to chug down a beer, and maybe have a cookie once in a while? Oh, we're, we, you know, we love our treats, you know, with the baked goods and, and desserts. And that's one thing I love it when we travel with our team to some races is I get a chance, we get a chance to, to like have meals together and our team can pack away, our kids can pack away the calories, which I love seeing um, because, you know, they're, they're doing a, a big amount of training. So I know the load is there. So I always enjoy uh, when we can get together and have some community around a meal or two uh, when we're on the road and traveling. Um, but yeah, it, it always is about moderation, right? It seems pretty simple, but, um, you know, there's enough pressure on these kids that academically and socially. So the, the triathlon and what they're doing with swim, bike, run should not be another source of stress in their lives. So we really try to encourage them that, hey, just because you want to be competitive, you don't have to compromise your competitive desires to have some fun along the way with it. Yeah. And I take back the beer part of it because these kids that you're coaching are not 21 yet. So I'm not advocating them uh, drinking underage. <laughs> Blessed to play Ron Meyer. Once again, chatting with Brad Sang, former professional triathlete, now coaching triathletes at the University of Colorado. And uh, Brad, we talk about a runner's high. That must be awesome. But you have an even more awesome high that has uh, came into your life in the past three weeks. Michael Joseph, your uh, newborn son, your wife, Megan, gave birth to Michael Joseph just, uh, I believe, three weeks ago. What a joy to have a son uh, brought into the world Talk about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, words cannot describe uh, the feeling that Megan and I have over this little guy. I mean, he really is a miracle baby for us. You know, just quick background. We got married later in life, both of us, uh, a few years ago. Um, and my wife is 48. I'm 53. We were very open to having children. Um, and we figured, you know, maybe it would happen in the first, first or second year of marriage. And then we were extremely blessed and, and somewhat surprised to find out actually on the same day of the March for Life this past year, back in January, mm -hmm. um, that Megan was pregnant. And uh, it is just an incredible blessing upon us to have this little guy here. 
So now as Michael Joseph grows up, uh, you're going to introduce him to the various disciplines of uh, tri- triathlon? We, we, yeah, I definitely look forward to getting him on a strider when he's uh, able to, to get his little legs going and get out there and simulate the biking. But ultimately, you know, we just want this kid to, to embrace what he wants to do and, and find joy in. But uh, yeah, I, I suspect we'll, we'll have... Uh, an active lifestyle with them. So I get emails and when I have a guest on, it inspires people to maybe take up that sport or dive into it or maybe take a look at it. What would be your uh, recommendations or advice to young people listening to this show who might want to get involved with a, a triathlete or just running or cycling or swimming in general? Oh, for sure. I mean, triathlon is an incredible sport because it balances three disciplines, swim, bike and run. You know, it gives you uh, it's not as quite as demanding uh, on the body, really, as like a pure running would be. Um, It's easier on the joints. But there are so many fun uh, races out there, grassroots races, local races. And just like I got started with doing a local sprint triathlon is how I you know what I would recommend for someone if they're looking to do a triathlon to to go to uh, do a Google, uh, a computer search, Internet search and and you know, get connected with a local community or a local running group or cycling group or a master swim group to, to get started. Um, but, and it, you know, as you mentioned, when we talk about triathlon, people always often just think about the Ironman, you mm-hmm. know, race, but you know, the, the, co- the team I coach at CU, we focus on short course racing, sprint and Olympic distance. And it's like high end, high octane, redlining from start to finish these kids really push themselves and gut themselves so it's a very different uh different pain and discomfort than a long endurance day of a half ironman or ironman and that's that's the beauty of of triathlon you you don't have to do an ironman to to be a triathlete there are plenty of other race options out there um that will give you a, a sense of personal satisfaction and achievement well, Brad Sanghead has been our guest. Uh, what an athlete, folks. I mean, I, I highly respect all the discipline it takes to do long-distance running, swimming, and biking, and then put it all together in one race. And Brad did that for 12 years, which is quite amazing, competing at the Ironman World Championships in Kona. And now he's coaching at the collegiate level at the University of Colorado, other triathletes. Brad, thanks so much uh, for the time and uh, for reconnecting with you as well. Good luck with Michael Joseph, and thank you for coming on Blessed to Play. Thanks, Ron. It was great chatting with you again, and uh, keep up the good work there. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessedthenumber2play.com. You can like us on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Brad Sang, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.